Hello, hello. Thanks for listening to Guidance Counselor 2.0. Listen, I want to give you a quick rundown of what this podcast is and what you're about to get into as you listen to these episodes. We had guidance counselors in middle school. We had guidance counselors in high school, but we didn't really have guidance counselors in college. And now as professionals, we don't really have anybody to turn to, to ask a quick question, to learn something about the job search or to navigate your career. And so that is what I want this podcast to be for you. I want it, for it to be a tool for you to navigate the job search and your career. So that being said, I hope you enjoy this episode. And if you need to reach me, Taylor at Vaco, V-A-C-O.com is how to get in touch with me, old fashioned email, social media at T-D-E-S-S-E-Y-N. T-D-E-S-S-E-Y-N. And finally, please rate and review this in the app store because I want this to be discoverable for others so they can navigate their careers. Hope you enjoy the episode. Rich, it's great to see you, buddy. Give the people what they want. Who are you? What do you do? And we'll go from there. Yeah. So uh, my name is uh, Rich Trader. I'm a principal engineer uh, at uh, Evacor. Um, and it, it's, kind of a, it's kind of a funny thing. Um, you know, I'm here to talk about you know, what I do. Uh, I remember you, you actually, um, uh, Taylor placed me at, uh, at Evacor and I think I applied as a senior and they came back and said, we're going to actually, we want to offer you the the principal developer position. I was like, okay, that, that, that just a different word for senior. What does that mean? Um, and, um, you know, kind of coming in and doing, you know, what I do kind of seeing stuff and trying to fix it. I mean, it's what every good developer wants to do. You just help make their organization better. Um, and we, we've, we've kind of, you know, I've kind of found, and I think the industry's kind of found that uh, there's uh, this step beyond senior developer that is still um, an individual contributor. Right. And uh, in principal developer, in a lot of ways, still is that uh, that path forward that people are kind of coming up with. It's it's really uh, a, a director level, uh, you know, level of responsibility. But you know, I'm still on a team. I'm still coding every day. I am obviously involved with a lot more than just the day-to-day coding, but right. um, you know, I'm kind of the extraordinarily trusted um, uh, boots on the ground. And uh, that's kind of where the superpower of a principal kind of comes from, I believe. Were you familiar? And again, it's, it's great to see you. Christopher, it's great to see you. Justin, and then Chris, it's great to see you all this morning. Do you... It, were you aware of this principal type role pre Evacor? No, I wasn't actually. Okay. Um, I, I think that you know it. It definitely was one that um, Cigna, who owns Evacor, was uh, very, very passionate about. They have a uh, a very large program uh, that they've had for like eight some odd years that uh, will curate. Uh, their, their, their developers will uh, assign a mentor, will, will build up um, uh, like their, 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 their organization. Cause they've, they've got uh, within Cigna over a hundred principal developers. Uh, So it's how do you grow that organization? They have an entire program with, you know, dozens and dozens of people set to get people into this role. Um, I, I, in a way I was kind of grandfathered in when I, when I I came in. Um, So that, uh, I, I still go through that to, to, to help out, help explain and grow. But it is one of those things where um, it, it was a surprise to me, right. um, and I, a very pleasant surprise because it was, um, you know, kind of you know letting me not only optimize my team but optimize the organization, uh, just improve anything I found, and just make that job expectation. And that's been very rewarding. 
Why do you think companies should, and again, if y'all have questions about the principal role or anything like that, please throw it up in the chat and we'll definitely get to it. Rich, uh, would you say, what, why, why would you say companies should implement a principal engineer role, like a, a principal engineer track? Because, because I'm curious because I think right now, I think there's like your junior, mid, senior, and then we're just going to put you in management. Right. Like there's no thought around people who want to stay hands on the keys. And so I'm curious to hear your thoughts on why companies should really consider this this method. Yeah, it, it's a very I'll say strategic type of decision to, to say um, we're not going to have uh, this person who is a senior. You know, typically we're like architect or, or manager. And those two roles are you know, still very much needed. We still have those roles at, uh, right. at Evacor. And you know, there's a lot more managers and architects and there are principals. The, the, the main thought is that, you know, when it comes down to the roles, responsibilities, who I have to make happy, uh, right now within our organization, managers and architects don't necessarily have a customer that they're making happy and interacting with day to day. So that pulse on um, the system went down and our customer is not happy. You know, the customer goes and, and talks to me about that. Right. I have a direct like uh, incentive to make sure my systems are never down. Right. So that my customer who I am directly speaking to every single day uh, is still happy. I still right. have that like feedback loop of I'm on a team. I want to make the people, you know, the, the nurses who are, are, are trying to help people out um, at Evacor. Um, those people, you know, need to be happy. And there's a direct sure. link to that. Uh, but I could also take all the expertise of, you know, the architecture and manager, um, uh, you know, you know, responsibilities I've had at previous companies and, you know, basically translate or almost do a cross communication between, sure. uh, when our management, you know, launches this program, this is how the people who are implementing features hear that. Right. And that gives people, you know, you know, you know, my managers can bounce off their ideas off me. I can tell them exactly how it's going to be digested, how it's going to be implemented by a customer. I can improve the day-to-day -day for a developer on my own team and then broadcast it throughout the entire organization at Evacor. So you're working closely with the client, the end users, and you're kind of like you're 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 almost like a technical analyst almost too. Almost, right? Cause, yeah. Cause yeah. You're, you're having to deal with end users, take the requirements, communicate upwards. Like, listen, like in in tech talk, this is what we got to do. I mean, so you're you're definitely bridging the gap on both ends between management and the end users. Yeah, That's and, and so we also take you know, like like hey, our, our customer comes to us and say, hey, we'd like to you know, improve this. Well, yeah, I, I'm I'm sitting there hearing all these things and going, okay, now I'm building up. Here's a here's a multi year strategic vision for a program where we can leverage this and save millions of dollars by improving this particular process. You know, we're yeah. a big call center at Evacor. So writing software to, uh, to enhance the, uh, the call center functionality is, is a big win, but the right ways to do it and how to leverage it and, and balance all those things. Sure. Um, you know, it, it's, it's definitely um, bridging the gap, but also knowing that, um, you know, we are definitely like, overall responsible for yeah. not only making our customer happy, but improving the technology. So, you know, I like I, it's, it's kind of balancing, it's, it's kind of a weird one. I'm balancing improving the technology and improving the product at the same time. Yeah. And that, that's, a, that's a fun one to be a, a part of in, in the middle of.
Yeah, absolutely. So John comes in, ask, and then uh, Christina, it's it's great to see you, girl. Um, John comes in, goes, how often are these titles interchanged? Because I'm curious too. At least, at least in your experience, could senior lead be the same as staff principal? If so, how can we tell when we're applying? Oh yeah, that, that's that's a great one. Staff and principal are definitely interchangeable. Um, I think when they uh, you know, have the principal program uh, at uh, at Cigna, they hand you a book about staff engineers to, to kind of say, "Here's roughly oh, really? blueprint." Um, so it is definitely a uh, an interchangeable title. Senior and lead, you know, really those are, you know. It's it's somewhat funny. IT in general are awful when it comes to job descriptions, and everybody thinks they know what a senior is, or yes. a lead, or an architect, or a manager, and it's it's all over the place. Um, you know, I, I could tell you that at the companies I've been at, senior and lead have not been the same, but I have no doubt that at other companies, senior and lead are the same. Yeah. Um, how to tell when they're apart really comes down to, you know, you, you almost have to ask, um, what are the responsibilities? You know, a, a lead typically might own a bit more uh, responsibility, uh, be accountable for a bit more than just a senior. You'll typically have a lead on a team. But that's just my experience. I could tell you that I could probably point to dozens of sure. cases where multiple multiple leads are on a team. Yeah. It, it's it's just, you know, you kind of have to Put the you dig really down. have to you ask. ask some questions. Yeah. You got to ask some questions. Yeah. So, um, and, and Rich, I mean, I, I, you know, I, you and I were chatting off air and I was like, man, I just feel like Evacor, like even when you and I worked together, we placed you there a few years back. Uh, it's also crazy how fast time flies. But, um, you know, I also feel like you guys do a pretty good job of, of incentivizing engineers um, to stay to incentivize them, you know, from, from multiple different levels, you know, we're talking about the career pass up to senior principal. Can you talk about maybe some other things that Evercore does that, um, that, that really keeps and, and, and retains their talent? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, there, there's, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things. There's, there's a big, um, just known culture of, of growth, you know, our, our, our pillars, um, in our, uh, community, um, it is, for example, it is my job to basically tie what we say our community pillars are, our cultural pillars, to what they really are hmm. and call out when that is not the case. Because our leadership goes, you know, hey, we want to be a, a dynamic learning organization. Well, when we aren't, um, it's my job to, to kind of step in and say, hey, we're not growing people enough. We're not building people up enough. People are working overtime uh, or people are, are burnt out. I think I think my favorite example of uh, the types of things that uh, you know that Evercore does in particular, um, we we had a very large program launch, um, not probably well, actually probably about a year after I started, where we basically flipped it a, a, a switch for you know probably 10, 15, 30 times as much traffic, um, wow. and that huge amount of changes. You know, we typically don't like large big projects, but. Sure. You know, health insurance, their, their contracts ends, they need to write a new contract for multiple years. You kind of work in, within the boundaries of, of some sure. of those contracts being laid out. Um, so we turned on a huge switch and that resulted in people working after hours. But that did not result in people working overtime. Hmm. There's a very big difference between hmm. someone needing just to be there just in case someone had an issue. You know, we we're a very large 15 team organization at some point. Yeah. There's hundreds of microservices in our system. Uh, if if there's a, a hiccup and someone just missed it, or there's a question or a concern, you know, we had someone there, uh, but we spent a tremendous amount of effort in 
let's let's set up a, a schedule where we know that these people are going to be available to answer questions. That's their only job. And, you know, you might be responsible for answering a question between, say, 2 p.m. and 8 p.m. But that, that's your day. And that's it. You know, mm. you, you're not expected to work over because we had a huge, gigantic program launch. Right. It was, you know, the expectation was set. Hey, we're going to be all hands on deck on this, but it doesn't mean that you're, you're losing time from your family. I love that. And then not long after that, you know, we, we had the award ceremony. Uh, we had a Dundee's situation going on where people voted for, you know, the, the, the all kinds of fun stuff as a way to celebrate all the hard work. You know, there, we had an award ceremony. It was almost like a, a graduation. That's, awesome. Um, That's awesome. I think I came away with four awards. I get to add on and get the little thing. Like, they got printed out and stuck on my wall somewhere. I you love know, it. They're, they're fun. I um, love it. And, you're just you know, digging in, growing people. Um, we we uh, probably about every month or so we'll hold a, a you know five or six hour workshop where we're going to you know teach and train and grow people. The mo most recent one we did was uh, uh, just a bit ago. Uh, you know, I dressed up uh, as Godzilla to to make it entertaining, uh, and uh, we just talked about micro UIs, uh, how we build them, how we deploy them, our strategy. Our, we we're opinionated about that, so we we worked on. Um, you know, just building up that skill set across the organization. And we, we ask people, what do you want to learn? And then we tailor what we teach them and how we grow them based off what they want to learn. Do you try to implement the stuff in your teaching in production? Like, is that something that Evercore tries to do? Like if you guys are trying to learn a new technology for something and you guys are teaching it in these classrooms, is it a pretty good chance that you will try to tinker with it and like within Evercore in the tech stack? Oh, absolutely. Typically, if we're teaching something, it's already in production for some team. Okay. You know, we, we are a 15-team organization. Um, and each team, you know, we, we follow extreme ownership. That means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. But, you know, in, in our in our space, extreme ownership is, you know, you're responsible for, um, you know, helping helping uh, faxes come into the system. This is, for example, in my system, if, if faxes is an old technology, we're required by the government to accept faxes. Eh, it's, it's, Fun stuff, um, but you, know, you receive a fax, you need to do something with it, get into the system. You know, for sure. example, my team in particular at, at the in the company owns that slice, um, okay. so we get to basically experiment and try to find the best things for you know that, that area. Uh, and we we've implemented, we we've moved a lot of stuff from you know on-premise servers to the cloud and done a lot of neat stuff. Um, but you know, I think the um, you know. Pretty much everything that we've done, we, we have the workshop on micro UIs. We, we are now teaching a program. We have, you know, dozens of micro UIs. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it is the main pattern. Um, we're very successful with that uh, at, at Evacore. But it is a uh, it is a thing. We're, we're, we're kind of, you know, elevating everybody else up. Yeah. And so teams get to try all kinds of stuff. I mean, there's, there's there are boundaries within sure. reason. Um, you know, we're probably not going to go off and run right Python. Just probably not. Yeah. Um, but you could if you really needed to for a particular problem. And so it, it's, it's try stuff. Let's, let's figure out what works best. Right, and right. then if something works out for you, teach everybody else. We have a weekly session where we have a dev community of practice. For an hour, we sit down and talk about what worked best you know, this week for a team or what thing they found. And they can teach and brag and lift and you know, do all the things that uh, make for a healthy organization. And those people are typically rewarded for it. You know, yeah. if you find something that's going to help out the organization um, and teach it, uh, then, you know, you're typically rewarded for the teaching, not so much the iterating. So it, yeah. it helps drive that uh, innovation 
plus teaching, it, it, it lifts us all forward. And we've, we've rewritten our stack entirely in the past two years based off of that type of system. Really? Yes. That's awesome. That's awesome. So I uh, also, I'm curious, right? So how do the conversations go? So let's say like, you know, I'm a senior engineer with an Evercore, right? And I'm curious to go into management. I'm curious to, you know, potentially become, you know, a, a be like rich and become a principal engineer, right? So it's like, what conversations are had in the organizational level to really prep people? Because I think, you know, talking to guys and gals like yourself on the show, I always ask the question, how, how did you know when you want to go into leadership or how did you know when you want to stay in IC, right? Are, are there conversations being had at Evercore before that jump happens? Oh, absolutely. That, that is an extremely, uh, say, um, curated and thought out process. Okay. Um, I, I think, you know, it, it's my perspective that, you know, being an individual contributor, being a manager, being an architect, um, all those jobs are a lot more similar um, than, than they are uh, different for the vast, probably like 85, 90% of the job, you know, um, at, at least my perspective on management um, and, and sure. architecture. You know, I, uh, I, I'm a, a principal, but I don't necessarily have uh, authority to make someone do something a certain way. Yeah. I'm expected to build influence with that person. Sure. Which is the same exact mindset we have for architects, for example, mm. which is the same exact mindset we have for our managers. Uh, plus or minus a little bit. Because, you know, if you, you kind of, for example, break the idea of extreme ownership, if you make someone do something that they didn't what is what do. is extreme ownership? I'm just curious, because I'm a recruiter, and I don't know anything. That, that, that's fair. Um, well, there, there is, is a book about it that, uh, that everyone in IT is apparently reading. Um, people have a lot of different um, interpretations of it. Um, I, I, I will, I will sum it up and, and say that uh, it, it's really trying to set up a system where there's nothing in between you and a happy customer, you mm. being, you, you being a developer. Interesting. And, um, you know, it, cause at that point, you know, extreme ownership is you, you, you see something that your customer might not like you fix it. It might not be like yours, but you take ownership of, you know, your customer's experience. And, yeah. um, you know, that's a very IT centric, you know, version of that. Cause we typically will support our customers, mm -hmm. but it, it's just shifting the mindset of someone else screwed up or that's someone else's problem. You know, at the end of the day, your customer is still seeing a problem. Yeah. You know, let, let's fix it and let, let's, let's move forward with it. Yeah. And so supporting that system of, you know, people have every opportunity, every ability, you know, whatever it takes to make your customer happy, do that. Um, and, um, you know, that's, that means a lot. And, you know, but the idea is that if you're on a, a you know, an agile team and you're communicating with the same, uh, language with your management saying, you know, Hey, I, I did this to make my customer happy, you know, so it's not always the right decision, but if you're doing right. it for the right reason, typically you're always in the right. And you know, that's, that's fascinating. Yeah. I've never heard of that, but thank you for educating. I want to go to a few comments here, Steven. It's great to see you um uh raymond it's great to see you too samantha riley what's going on um erica going back flexible schedule i thought that was fascinating by the way about how you had people work um hours different hours but not work overtime which i think is yeah. great um christina coming here and affirming more with rich is saying the timing and roles of this project were clearly defined 
the finite nature of the project was celebrated. That's the way to do it. Absolutely. Um, Cody, what's up? It's great to see you. And then Chris goes, is that space ghost art? It is. I love it. Yes. I love it. I love it. Game recognizes game. So, Rich, as we're obviously kind of in the tail end of this conversation and time flies when we're having fun, like always, um, I, I do want to go back to the conversations being had because we got, I got to sh- I interrupted you about extreme ownership. What 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 are the conversations like to to groom these people to go into the next step in their career at Evercore? Yeah, well, so we have you know, a, a really tremendous uh, management uh, organization here where you'll have uh, one-on-ones every every week, every other week. Um, you, you'll have you know, you'll you'll have the typical stuff. You know, you'll you'll have you know, what you expect your managers to kind of do for you, um, especially at Evercore. Uh, our dev managers uh, don't have customers in, in the yeah. same regard. So their only responsibility is to uh, grow people, retain people. Um, and, you know, they're, I'll say in a lot of ways, their success uh, is based off of their people growing. So the incentive mm-hmm. is already there. Um, we have uh, you know, a fair bit, you know, I, I meet once a week with, with uh, my manager, Andy, we talk about, um, the next steps for me, how to grow the, uh, the mentorship program itself is a, like a, a gigantic mentorship program. But, you know, if we have, um, you know, I, I just had a mentee go from, um, you know, a, a advisor to senior advisor. It's kind of like, you know, low level senior to high level senior. Right, and, right. uh, you know, that was identified as something that could possibly be a thing that could happen. We, you know, management found someone who was, who was lifting themselves up. Um, and so, you know, they reached out to me, they found a dedicated, uh, mentee, uh, or mentor for that person who was me. Sure. Uh, I coached that person on different things. That was a year long kind of investment in, uh, helping this person grow, you know, translate, understand the things that, uh, cause jumping to a senior or anything is always a weird thing because it's sure. different. Sure. Um, and it, it's hard to quantify how it's different. And, you know, we have, um, you know, our, our, we're kind of famous for our, our junior community. We uh, meet uh, weekly and have uh, a, you know, our junior community practice where we support all, all of our people. Um, yeah. and, and really, you know, our, our, our managers um, are setting pretty transparent goals for a person to meet in terms of, you know, this is the, the expectation for this level. Um, and th- th- I, I know this because I helped, uh, curate them because that's part of my job responsibilities is yeah, to help yeah. make sure that we have a right balance of people. Um, so, you know, I, I will say that it helps to have people just dedicated to growing, um, you know, the talent in the organization. Um, I, I think we had dozens of people, um, just this couple, uh, a couple months ago, get promotions. That's awesome. Due, due to the amount of growth that they've had over the past couple of years. So I guess like in summary, so what I'm hearing is, is there's a few things y'all do really well for retention. Obviously the first off you have a management track and a individual contributor track, right? So that's the, that's the first thing. Second thing is, is y'all do like basically classroom sessions where y'all basically tinker, you allow a few hours in a day, you educate, et cetera. You then have a mentor mentorship mentor mentee program within Evacore, and is it like structured and you get paired up with somebody based off of like what they want to do and how it aligns to kind of what you do yeah okay so that's awesome so that's three things am i missing anything else on kind of maybe some key differentiators with Evacore and kind of what y'all are doing i i think one of the the biggest things that i see is um you know more than anything retention 
we drive our culture to be, um, you know, a, a very scientific, almost th thought process. Okay. It's always, we, we, we very much say your culture for us is what we reward, tolerate and don't tolerate. Okay. So little things, very little things. If someone works over, we don't reward them for working over. Hmm. We apologize that they had to work over. Huh. We, we reward teaching. We don't necessarily reward people trying new things. So try new things in a vacuum doesn't necessarily uh, give you the, uh, you know, the, the, the same level of uh, incentive. Yeah. There are very little things that drive uh, our culture to be a place where it's very inclusive, very welcoming. Um, and uh, you, we, we meet uh, probably once a month to talk only about our culture for an hour. Uh, and it I is, love a, it that. is it is just a, a company wide, um, just like, let's come in here and talk about this and figure out, uh, you get on the same page, get on the same terms. Um, and, you know, I, I found that, um, you know, cult culture uh, and people knowing what is expected of them and what it takes to be successful um, is just that warm blanket that uh, people know, people know that they're going to do the job right. They know what's expected. It, 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 as they write a line of code, they know what's expected. And are you guys, are y'all primarily remote still? Are you yeah. all back? Yeah, in the I, I've never been in the office, so I hear it's nice, but we're all, we're all so, uh, pretty much remote. So you can build good culture remotely. Absolutely. It's, it's different. Um, yeah. it, it, it is different. Um, you know, but I, I, I you know, it, it's not, it's not, um, I say hard. It's not impossible. It's just, you got to change your mindset. How do you get that. people to where they're comfortable to turn on their webcam? You know, how, how do you uh, get folks to where they're uh, uh, you know, comfortable just having a, a conversation, you know, in, in, in a room? Uh, how, how do you still include everybody when you're all disconnected? Um, mm. it's, it's, it's not maybe I've just been a nerd and I've had friends who I've never met ever for years. Rich, you a nerd? Get out of town. Yeah. But it, it is. Um, it is one of those things, like, you know, virtual happy hours, you know, you know, having a game session. My, my team loves to play GeoGuessr as a group. We love okay. it. Um, we all, I don't know if you've ever played GeoGuessr. They plop you down in somewhere in the world uh, with Google Maps and you have to guess where you are. I'm going to do that. I'm going to And my so it's, 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 for example, it's a great thing. If you have a very diverse team, you're better <laughs> at that than others. Um, so there's lots of opportunity to, to, to build up that uh, culture remote. Um, it just takes some creativity. I love that. I love that. All right, man. So any last bits of words of wisdom that you want to uh, share to the individuals who are watching? If not, no worries. You already dropped some heat. But I didn't know if you wanted to leave the guests with any last little words of wisdom. Well, you know, I, I will say uh, one of my one of my mentors um, – you know, he uh, he famously said that uh, the grass is greener where you water it, and um, I, I think that that's um, that's become kind of my motto. And um, I'll say, if you want to work at a place that you like, you've got to make the place where you work a place you like. And so that's uh, that's that's my advice to anybody. I love that. I love that so much. All right, y'all. Well, thanks again. Thanks again for tuning in this morning to Guidance Counselor 2.0. We appreciate it a lot. Um, and again, I, I saw all y'all um, this morning. So thank you so much for hanging out. Rich, thank you so much. Stay on real quick as we wrap up here. But y'all have a great one. Tuesday, tomorrow morning, I'm hanging out with a uh, recruiter from Stripe. 
So uh, going to be a great conversation around how to get into Stripe um, and just what this individual looks for on the other side. I, I'm trying to pull in more recruiters internally at companies because they're a little bit different than me in the agency side. So I'm trying to get a better view, a more holistic view, a more fair view, because it's not always just the agency that's important. The corporate recruiters obviously have a lot on their plate as well. So tomorrow morning, 9.30 a.m. Central, J.D. Alex from Stripe. So I'll see you all tomorrow morning. Thank you all so much. Peace. Hey, you did it. You listened to an entire episode, and I am very grateful because you know why? There's a lot of podcasts out there. There's a lot of episodes, and I myself rarely finish an entire episode. So I appreciate you so, so much for listening. Quick reminder, please rate and review this podcast in the App Store. I want this to be discoverable to others. And the only way that happens is if you take the time right now and rate and review it, please, like right now, unless you're driving, then don't do it. So thank you again. If you need to reach out to me, taylor at vaco.com or at tdeston on all social media handles. And I hope you have a fantastic day.